Hello, Dollar Auction Show listeners. Today, I'm coming to you live, just Alex Shizik, Mr. Ibada. Today is Wednesday, April 5th, recording, uh, actually on the same day that we're going to publish this. So I guess not live, but almost live. Delayed, a couple hours delayed. Um, wanted to do this episode today because today is actually Passover for all of our Jewish friends out there. Um, and it's... Uh, eerily reminiscent of what's happening in the crypto markets, specifically with Bitcoin. Um, so let's dive in and talk a little bit about that. I wanted to draw some parallels there. So what is the story of Passover? Without going too deep, all in all, TLDR. Jewish people were enslaved in Egypt. They were saying, let my people go. Oh, Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses came to Pharaoh and said, let my people leave. Pharaoh said no. Uh, excuse, yeah, Pharaoh said no. Moses basically had the 10 plagues. One of the plagues was death of the firstborn son. And so they took lambs. The Jewish people were supposed to take lambs' blood, paint it on the doors, so that this death comes by the whole town. It passes all the doors with lamb's blood painted on it. It doesn't kill those firstborn sons. Um, kills the pharaohs. And after that, the pharaoh said, oh my God, this is terrible. Go. Jewish people left. He then chased them in the desert. Um, they, that's the whole parting of the Red Sea that Moses did afterwards. Wandered the desert 40 years and then created the modern day state of Israel. So why am I talking about this? This is really a battle between the old and the new, okay? Um, and before, and actually, if uh, I watch this fascinating uh, military take, I think it was in the military channel, the history channel, a bunch of years ago, about Passover. And they their whole take was, you know, the Jewish people were actually mercenary soldiers, especially in the Sinai Peninsula by Egypt. And they were underpaid, and Moses was a general, and was basically saying, "Hey, look, the old system, uh, the old system needs to change. Um, we're not being treated fairly. We want out of the old system and into the new." And the legacy system held them back. Sounds eerily familiar and eerily relatable to what's happening now with Bitcoin, especially in the United States. And so, uh, as you all know. Shimon and I obviously are big on Bitcoin, and why? Right, because we believe that Bitcoin can bring freedom in an off ramp from the old system, which is the banking fractionalized reserve system, into the new. And that's you know we don't believe that it's going to overtake the dollar, or that, uh, uh, or that you know we have to burn down the old uh, the existing legacy system. We just believe that people deserve uh, another option, an option to hold their money in digital gold. And the current system, especially in the U.S., is fighting back hard. A lot of it is because Sam Bankman-Fried from FTX gave a lot of money to Democrats. And there is no politician that actually wants to be embarrassed. Politicians, when they feel publicly embarrassed, especially for political donations, oh boy, there is no wrath like the wrath of a politician that's embarrassed. And this is what's happening with the crypto industry now specifically from folks like Elizabeth Warren um, and other progressive Democrats, which seem to be on the, on the forefront of this fight against crypto and they, even labeling themselves anti-crypto. 
But this is one of those moments where the Bitcoiners and, and crypto folks of the world are saying, hey, you know, let my people go. Let people opt into this life raft that is Bitcoin, specifically because of what distress that the Fed is causing to the banking system. Let's come back to that in a second. But we're saying let more people go, you know, or else there's going to be this, this massive fight. I mean, now the industry is gearing up for a fight. I've never seen more galvanization uh, grassroots and trade organizations similarly. The Blockchain Association is one in the U.S. The Chamber of Digital Commerce, led by Perry and Boring, is another one in the U.S. that are pretty powerful. Um, Dennis Porter created the Satoshi Action Fund. He's doing uh, incredible things uh, about energy, uh, Bitcoin mining and how it actually saves energy. And it's fighting a crazy bill in Texas, by the way. There's a crazy bill in Texas um, that's come out. And Texas is one of the states that has been in the forefront of letting uh, Bitcoin miners stabilize the grid. Uh, and they stabilize the grid because they can turn on mining and turn off mining, you know, on a moment's notice, essentially in the snap of a finger. And so when the energy prices spike, when there's a lot of demand, they turn off mining. And when there's no demand or negative energy prices, which do exist, they can turn on uh, uh, Bitcoin mining, like at the night and so on, when people aren't using electricity as much. And so it's actually, there are many papers of how it's stabilized the grid. Um, and in Texas, you know, Dennis Porter has been leading that effort as well as Lee Brecher. He was on the show before, and I can make a link uh, to that episode. Uh, he leads the uh, Texas Blockchain Council, and they've been doing uh, amazing activist work in Texas to uh, enable Bitcoin, uh, you know, spreading Bitcoin, uh, mining, and, and educating people about Bitcoin. So let me come back to, to what I started. Um, there's a big fight now happening between the government, the U.S. government, and the industry. And the industry, like maybe the Jews of the past, are saying, no, let my people go. Let people get into Bitcoin. Let people uh, opt into this new system and opt out of the old. And when the current government says no, we're putting in crazy rules or, you know, anti or this tax in the, in the Biden administration on use of electricity by Bitcoiners, which is <clears throat> just an incredible, incredible, uh, in incredibly dangerous bill. Let me come back to that in a second. Bitcoiners are fighting back. More and more people are joining. Uh, PACs are being formed. Hopefully soon super PACs are going to be formed. Money is going to go behind uh, crypto candidates. My old firm, Harris X, did a poll uh, up to 30% of the electorate is actually more likely to vote for a candidate if they support crypto than not. And up about 40% of the people of Americans have ever bought digital assets. 40%. It's a huge amount of people that have been exposed to this industry. And this number is going to become higher and higher as we enter, if we go from the current bull run into the next bull run. And so it's a bit of a fight or die moment and you know i think what's going to happen is we're going to fight hard the government will ultimately relent <clears throat> excuse me and we're going to go and uh, wander the desert for 40 years building uh, and, and building this new um this new world this new digital world and so uh let's go back to one aspect that i talked about an aspect of the biden administration coming after and 
and uh, taxing, essentially trying to tax the energy use by Bitcoiners. And so their argument is, hey, look, Bitcoin mining is taking up a lot of electricity, a lot of energy. So we're going to tax it uh, and we're going to make them pay, I don't know, 20, 30 percent. I think it was 30 percent something in the bill. Extra tax and electricity consumption. Well, my friends, that is very, very dangerous. It's a very, very dangerous proposition. Why? Because the government should never have a say. It can regulate electricity. It can regulate pricing. It can regulate what electricity is being used. No problem. And it does, by the way. But regulating what you do with the electricity that comes out of the meter, so, so you know, beyond the meter, coming out of your wall, is just absurd. It's a government that's saying that's choosing winners and losers based on various whims of the government. Should you not be able to use one toaster oven versus another? Should you be taxed for using a Tesla versus, uh, you know, Chevy Volt? because they don't like Elon Musk and Tesla or alternatively don't like Chevy for some reason, you're, you know, your tax before you for plugging in your Chevy bolt. Why should the government have any say into what you do with electricity after you've paid for the use of that electricity? Why? Why should the government tax one industry and not others for the use of the exact same energy mix that's currently out um, yeah, it's currently out there. Furthermore, what happens if Bitcoin uh, miners actually use renewable electricity? Because they're incentivized actually to use renewable electricity. Bitcoin miners make money when they can sell a Bitcoin, call it for thirty thousand dollars, but it costs them twenty thousand dollars to mine the Bitcoin. They make ten thousand for each Bitcoin they mine. Well, what if they now use the renewables and it costs them instead of twenty thousand to mine, it costs them zero? because they're using solar. Should you be taxed for actually incentivizing use of, of renewable energy? No, that's absurd. You're actually incentivizing building of power stations, renewable power stations that otherwise wouldn't have been built. And this is a very, very important statement. Uh, and this is a very important thing to understand. The way our grid works right now is you have generation plants and you have distribution plants. Generation generates electricity. Distribution distributes electricity. They're the ones that are sending you the bill and they're the ones you're paying. In between that, you have transmission lines. Very important. Transmission lines are these. When you're driving on the highway, you see the big electric towers and gigantic black power cables. Those are transmission lines. Transmission lines have resistance. So the longer you're transmitting electricity, the more resistance there is, which means the more electricity loss you have, and you can have upwards 20, 30% loss. And so sometimes the best wind <clears throat> or solar is in places where there isn't a lot of population. Best wind farms in the middle of nowhere, Texas, for example, in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, where you have a lot of rural folks living, but the density isn't there. So building actual renewable plants and then transmitting that electricity all the way down to the nearest big city becomes cost prohibitive. There's so much line loss, so much resistance loss in the lines that by the time you make a hundred 
kilowatt, kilowatt hours of electricity, uh, let's say, or kilowatts technically, that's a term of electricity. By the time it gets to the city, there's 70 left. And so then essentially you're either have to price by 30% more, right? So call it instead of six cents per kilowatt hour, you have to charge nine cents per kilowatt hour and you no longer become competitive with natural gas or coal or oil or other pollutants that are charging at eight cents. Or you 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 sell less electricity, you can charge six, but you're actually losing money. And so what Bitcoin mining does, it says, hey, don't worry about that. I'll put a miner right outside of your generation plant. You don't need to carry those line losses back to the city. So that's one thing they do. The second thing they do, once, let's say the energy can be carried back into the city and you're in the main power grid, the way the power grids work, they spike, they go up and down. You have a thing called base load and you have a thing called peaking load. Base load is uh, nuclear, is load that's on all the time. There's a certain amount of electricity that the city needs to produce at its minimum point. Okay, so, you know, lights are on in the streets, you know, basic appliances are running, um, you know, street lights are, are working, basic level of air conditioning or heating is on. You think about the base electricity need in the middle of the night for a city, three in the morning. People are sleeping, whatever that is, that's your base load. As people start waking up, the demand for electricity starts spiking. As it starts spiking, you bring online more and more producers of electricity. Which ones do you bring on? The ones that cost more. Because if they cost less, they would have been part of the base load. That's the way the market works. If it costs you $0.08 per kilowatt hour to produce each kilowatt hour, but the market price is 6 you're not going to lose money. You're going to turn off your plant. Once there's more demand, the price that's coming up, all of a sudden it goes from six, six and a half, seven, seven and a half, eight, boom, your plant comes back, comes online. Nine, eight and a half, nine, you're still online. Nine, another plant comes online that was that costs nine cents per kilowatt hour to run, 10 and so on and so forth. And then you get, when you have these power outages in California and Texas, these are called peaking outages. See so a peaker plants, huge heat wave. Everyone's on in the office. Everyone's turning on their electricity. Boom, 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 boom. You need so much electricity to run. Coal comes back, comes online because coal is really easy to turn on and off. Even though it's dirty, we need electricity. And so, what Bitcoin does is Bitcoin can level set, can can load balance the grid. Let's say there's a Bitcoin miner plugged into the grid at night. The prices fall all the way down to six cents per kilowatt hour. Bitcoin turns on, keeps it at eight cents. So that the, the power plants that would have been offline losing money because they're sitting are now online and, and they're paying for generating Bitcoin. The morning comes, the day comes, people are starting to commute. It's the starts spiking. Bitcoiners turn off, turn off, and the price comes down again. Okay, then. Towards the evening, let's say people are starting to go to sleep, price comes back down, Bitcoiners turn back on. And so it keeps the grid stable, it keeps pricing stable. That's good for prices, that's good for turning on and off plants, that's good for uh, predictability of the grid, that's good for the producers, it's good for everyone. 
Oh, and by the way, there's a little caveat here. The caveat is that not all plants can, can you turn on and off. It can't turn off a nuclear power station. So you can't turn off nuclear power stations, which is a problem. There's only certain amounts of, or certain types of plants that you could turn off. Those are typically coal plants, natural gas plants. That's why, by the way, those set the price. And so when you stabilize the energy grid, when you're able to create a, uh, a stable demand for electricity, the, the operator, the grid operator can plan better, right? And so the other thing that people misunderstand about uh, renewable sources, without the use of energy storage, a battery, renewable sources are intermittent sources of energy. They will never be able to replace your base load, nuclear again, uh, natural gas and so on. And they're always, always, always going to be the sun is shining. Great. The sun is not shining. You cannot use solar. The wind is not blowing. You cannot use wind. And so what happens is you're, you're going to be able to, um, uh, uh, what you need energy storage, right? So when the sun is shining, you, you store a battery, right? You, you energize the battery. So when the sun is not shining, you release that battery power and back into the grid to load balance. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Bitcoin, same thing. The Bitcoin miners, when the sun is shining, use them. When the sun is not shining, turn them off so the other source of power can enter the grid. Again, the, this is just, it's such a uh, 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 important piece of understanding Bitcoin that it's, and it kills me that people argue against this, especially knowledgeable economists or people. They're either willingly ignoring the fact that Bitcoin can help or I don't know, actually, or I, I just, it sometimes boggles my mind. It, it, look, Bitcoin is not the end all be all here. It's not the sole savior of the power grid, but it is something that can uh, significantly help grid uh, load balance the grid. And it actually incentivizes renewable energy. Furthermore, have you guys ever seen the map of North Korea and South Korea at night? Let's see if I can pull it up. North Korea versus South Korea at night. Let's see if I can I'll show the map here, uh, an, uh, an image. It's it's pretty, pretty powerful. Look, this is National Geographic. So let me, uh, let me share my screen here. Screen. Okay. Look at this image. North, uh, South Korea lit up with light. North Korea, completely dark. So is the use of energy a sign of, what, poor progress? South Korea is lit up as South Korea being bad for using energy and North Korea being good for saving it? Is North Korea the shining city on the hill, if you will, for, for renewables and saving the earth and climate change? It's absurd. It's an absurd argument. Completely absurd argument. So the fact that we talk about uh, yeah, the climate changers, Greenpeace, by the way, that was a great idea. I don't know if you guys seen the Greenpeace statue, but I'll talk about that in a second. 
Um, but the fact that Greenpeace and others are coming out against uh, Bitcoin mining because it uses energy, energy use isn't bad. Energy use isn't bad. You know, energy use is good. It's the kind of energy you're using. So let me, let me share another thing. So recently Greenpeace, by the way, came out. Uh, I'm just kind of pulling this up live here. And let's see if we can get something going here. So Greenpeace came out with some artist, Benjamin Wong Wong, um, and create to highlight Bitcoin's climate problem. And they created this amazingly awesome Bitcoin skull statue um, that that's all lit up. And, uh, and Bitcoiners took that, and I love this, they took the statue and said, how awesome is it? And um, and started and started basically uh, and started basically spreading this and putting the meaning this up because it's a pretty badass statue and it's completely missing a point and completely wrong and not only that if we look at what this artist did I'll I'll, I'll look it up right now wrong on Bitcoin okay he basically came up and he said oh he was wrong because he didn't do his homework about Bitcoin mining. So after making the statue for Greenpeace and after getting a backlash from Bitcoin miners, he studied the issue and he's like, oh my God, what I did is actually wrong. Right here. The piece was never meant to be anti-Bitcoin. It was an optimistic hope that Bitcoin can shift away from the blah, 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 needless burning of fuel. He basically says that he was wrong on Bitcoin. I made the skull believing that Bitcoin mining was a simple black and white issue. I spent my entire career trying to reduce real-world physical waste, and proof of work felt intuitively wasteful. Of course, I was wrong. Boom. Few things in the world in black and white. Dumb me. You should have done your homework. Should have, could have, but didn't. And this is ultimately a lot of people that, uh, a lot of people that don't like Bitcoin come out and say these things that are... Uh, just wrong, you know, just wrong without studying it. So anyway, to bring it all the way back to all my Jewish friends out there, happy Passover. Enjoy the time with the family and friends. Eat some delicious haroset. My, my kids and I are going to make it uh, as well. And um, for all you Bitcoiners out there, this is our fight. This is the time to get out. And I encourage everyone to go out. And this is the time to really write your politicians. We're seeing a flight out of the U.S. Bit trucks just closed down. Uh, other companies, my old firm is, well, I guess I can't say, but it seems like there are a lot of U.S. people that are no longer working at OKCoin, OKX. Um, there's a push out of the U.S. and the U.S. is going to lose the single greatest financial uh, industry uh, in the world. And that is a huge, huge problem, huge problem for our innovation. Our politicians like Elizabeth Warren are actually jeopardizing our future as leaders. And you know, who's picking up the slack, Hong Kong and London and Dubai, they're going to be, London is going to be back into the center of finance of the world, Dubai, Hong Kong. We had the ball. We're just fumbling it at the goal line to use an American football analogy. We're fumbling the ball at the goal line. We have to come out in force. Next elections have to be single issue elections for us because stable keeping financial innovation in the U.S. is a critically important issue.
critically important issue. Stabilizing our grid is a critically important issue. Creating new age jobs when AI is about to eat a lot of white collar jobs, the way uh, automation has eaten a lot of blue collar jobs is a critically important issue. Bitcoin will help solve all of that. Bitcoin is a new industry that can blossom in the States and we're pushing it out. Crypto is a new industry that's that can be that can blossom in the States and we're pushing it out. So happy Passover, Haksameh, to all my Jewish friends, fight the good fight, to all my Bitcoiners. Alex Shizik, Dollar Auction Show, leave us comments, subscribe, like, let's help the YouTube algorithm. Uh, keep on bringing us great content. Signing off. Mm-hmm.